0: I quit. I quit. Have any of you ever felt like that? Why try? It's futile. I can't do this. Nobody can do this. I give up. Life's hard. Throw the devil in there with it and it really gets hard. But when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will raise up a standard against him. I like to change the punctuation to where when the devil comes in or when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will raise up a standard against him. (laughs) There's not a person in here that's exempt from the attacks of the enemy. In fact, the Word of God says this very clearly to each and every one of us. While you're in this world, you will have tribulations. You're going to have trials and tests. You're going to have opportunities to quit. Or you're going to have opportunities to fight the fight of faith and to be stretched and grown and developed and Mature and become that man or woman of God that He intends for you to be, or you can just pass out on the sideline. You know, not everybody that begins the Boston Marathon finishes. This Christian journey, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon, it's endurance. It's not to the swift, it's to the steady. There are people in this house tonight, I'm one of them. I'm not going to lie, I'm one of them. I have felt like saying, let somebody else do this. But God. Isn't it just like him to come along? (laughs) Just like Elijah out there by the brook cherries and go, what are you doing here don't you have a pity party don't you feel like you're the only one that the devil's got his crosshairs on and don't you feel like you're the only one that life isn't rosy oh I look around I see the faces and the smiles and listen to the verbiage of those that are around me, and they never have any problems. They never have any trials. <laughs> I don't know what boat you came in on, but... Uh, Thank you. I'm not gonna preach tonight. Somebody should have said amen or praise the Lord or hallelujah or something. But I have a word of exhortation to the body of Christ tonight along these very lines. Duke's been working me so hard out here trying to get ready for this rodeo, I felt like quitting all week. But that's not the kind of quit I'm talking about. I'm talking about the kind of quit that will bring, bring shame to the body of Christ and drudgery to your life. I'm talking about the kind of quitting that will have an impact on your eternity. If you have your Bibles, would you turn to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. When I begin to read, you're going to know this passage by heart. In fact, some of you already know what the words say. I love to hear those pages turning, by the way. Thank you for bringing your sword. Thank you. That makes the devil nervous. Chapter 6, verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. We need to get a clear understanding in our mind about Christianity there's this misunderstanding in the body of Christ that being a Christian means being good don't miss the wording here being good that's not supposed to be our goal our goal is supposed to be like Jesus who went about doing good. If we will become doers of the word, we'll be doing good, and by doing good, we'll be good. You see the connection? But being good doesn't mean that you're doing good. Being good does not mean that you're pleasing God. Look at the Pharisee. Who told Jesus, I thank my God that I give more money than everybody else and I pray more than everybody else. He talked about all the good side of him. He's full of eyes, though. You notice that five times. He said, I, I, I. Self-centeredness, pride arrogance boasting in being good but I want you to know and understand with clarity that doing good brings humility humility brings power because of the presence of God God exalts the humble he resists the proud so I want us to understand from the get-go that I don't want us to have a goal of being good I want us to have a goal of of doing good. I want us to be doers of the word. I want us to do like Jesus said. He says, I don't do anything that I don't see my father do. I don't say anything that I don't hear him say. We can have that relationship with him to where we hear the voice of the Lord speaking to us and we know what to say. We can see from the example that he's left us in the pages of his word, what we saw him do. Those are the things that we need to be doing. He took on himself the form of a servant. That's the first thing we need to do as a child of God is we need to become a servant. Servant is the greatest among us. Few have a servant's heart. That's why you can't be exalted. I was telling young men at the rodeo school not long ago, we did a rope open school down in Hamilton, Texas with uh, Marcus Costa, the current world champion, and Strand Smith, the former world champion. And we were trying to instill in those young men that, and I've mentioned this here before, is that God wants to bless us. He wants to bless us all. But he doesn't want our blessings to become a curse. Therefore, it's important that we fulfill the scripture where the Lord says, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers, your spirit man prospers. He wants your spirit man to grow so that he can put the natural blessings upon you and you're mature enough to handle it. He doesn't want his blessings to become a curse to you that becomes a stumbling block to you that causes you to fall by the wayside. So it's important and it's imperative that Matthew comes out in you, the scriptures of Matthew, where it says that we're not to pursue things, but we're to seek the righteousness of God First, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We're, we're to seek that spirit man growing first. Amen. And then all the other things will be added unto you. Quit seeking things and, and start seeking the giver of gifts. Right. Now I want to quickly talk to you for just a few moments tonight about the challenge, the promise, and the condition. Very simple words, straight from the word. Not my opinion, no politics, no denomination, no doctrine. This is straight the word of God. The challenge is this. Don't grow weary while doing good. That's a challenge whether you realize it or not. Because it, you, I've grown weary as many of you have. In, how many times do you turn the other cheek? How many times do you forgive and them just keep? abusing you and lambasting you and wronging you? How many times am I supposed to forgive them? How many times am I supposed to do good to them that wrongfully and despitefully use me? How many times am I supposed to bless those that curse me? How many times am I supposed to serve that arrogant sucker? And you see where I'm going with it? You see how weighty and heavy the doing good can become. And the Lord is saying to us in this challenge to us, don't you dare grow weary and tired of doing what's right, of doing the right thing. I want to encourage you tonight. You've been turning that other cheek and you've been forgiving those and you've been blessing those that are using you. I'm gonna tell a story on myself. Hate to do it, but I got to. I'd been a Christian two weeks. And those of you that knew me BC, probably, well, some of them said the first time I saw, him, I heard you got saved by somebody the other day, somebody told me and I told him, uh-uh, I've known him too long. But my wife. She ran out of gas. She got some money from me that morning for gas. She worked all the way on the other side of town, came all the way back to this side of town. Then my sister-in-law and her were going up to the church to practice some songs for Thanksgiving convention, and she never had bought any gas. I mean, she went from Bethany to Lyon Avenue, back to this side of town, back to... Wildwood Drive, headed to Life Tabernacle up on Meriwether Road, and she runs out of gas. Oh, well. And like only Glenda, she's running 18 or 20 miles an hour, and she decides to get out and push the car. I don't know where she was going to push it. She's in the middle of nowhere. Not a light in sight so when she gets out her feet naturally go out from under she hit the road broke her arm two places right below the socket so they got a hanger in traction well they get her out of surgery get her back up to the room the bed won't go in the door at the hospital remember I've been a Christian two weeks she's laying here half naked Bed of dying all over, no makeup, hair looked like she would combed it with a firecracker, and the bed won't go in the door, and they're paging the doctor, and I'm not going to call his name, but they're paging the doctor, and they're paging the doctor, and they're paging, finally they started paging for maintenance to come up, maintenance takes the door off the hinge, it still won't go in the room. Cause the traction bars on it backwards and she's hanging in traction. Finally, 45, 50 minutes later, the doctor shows up. I'd never met him, but I knew who he was when he was coming down that hall. I've been there kind of patting that foot and it ain't good. Well, he reaches up there and unscrews that traction cause he's got to turn it around and when he did that the chain dropped down about that far she screamed out he gets it turned around pulls her back up off into the room the bed went he turns around with that little smirk and he says you must be Mr. Aaron I said that's right and you must be Dr. So and So said that's right and I said let me tell you something doc I hired you because I was told you was the best orthopedic in town, but it looks to me like you better go back to school and learn how to put traction bars on a set of beds so you can get it in the gum room. And I says, don't look at me like you're looking at me. I said, because I hired you, and I can fire you. I want you to know something. You ain't God. You work for me. You ain't the only do-. And I went off on him for a pretty good while. Well, the whole time, I'm, you got a witness, don't you? All right. I didn't even know her daddy was in the hospital. I hadn't seen her in forever. Well, she heard what well, big commotion going on out in the hall, and people started coming out of the hospital rooms and looking down there, and I mean, the nurses were looking around the station, and this went on for a little while. Finally, he left. I went in my room trying to calm down. And there was a large black nurse named Margaret. I'll never forget her. She walked in there. (laughs) Mr. Abram, that man been needing to be put in his place for a long time. (laughs) Well, I kind of start calming down. I'm going somewhere with this. I start calming down, and by the next morning, I'm pretty good. And I actually began to get under conviction about having twisted off on him like I did. Now, I didn't cuss him. I didn't touch him. I didn't do none of that, but I talked to him pretty hard. So next morning, I'm in there with her, and here he comes. Walked in there with his little strut. He checks her, does his thing. Oh, I sure ain't wanting to do what God's telling me to do. <laughs> I said, Doc, uh, I owe you an apology. I said, I talked to you pretty hard yesterday, and I want to apologize to you. He said, my skin's tough. Turned around and walked out. I wanted to sucker punch him so bad. I've since learned just going with him, God will forgive you. No, I mean... Uh, uh, <laughs> no. My point in this is when you're trying to do the right thing, more often than not, People don't even care. And it becomes burdensome. It becomes heavy to be trying to do right day in and day out and day in and day out and day, can I get a witness? Does anybody agree with me there? Well, I want to encourage you. That's the challenge that he's talking about. Don't grow weary doing good. Continue to endure. Continue to press on. Continue to press forth the challenge. Now the promise. The promise is quite simple. He says in due season we shall reap. We know that there's seed time and there's harvest. Very clearly he says if we sow to the flesh, we of the flesh reap corruption. If we sow to the Spirit, We're going to reap a bountiful harvest. In your pursuit of doing good, do so, persevere, endure, knowing there is a harvest time coming because the good that you're doing, not the good that you're being, but the good that you're doing is seed that you're sowing that a harvest is going to come back to you from where it says we shall reap. And thirdly, the condition, this is important that we grasp this and then I'm going to close. The condition to the reaping is this, if we don't lose heart, if we don't faint, if we don't weaken, if we don't quit, but if we persevere, if we endure, if we refuse to lose, if we fight the good fight, Keeping our eyes upon Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. If we recognize and embrace him, you understand that? If we recognize and embrace him, the essence of who he is, and serve him and worship him and follow him, I promise you, I promise you, the condition is set. The stage is set for the reaping and for the harvest maybe you're here tonight your head's up your eyes open and you say Dennis I have felt like quitting recently can I see your hand don't be, don't be ashamed be honest there's some more get your hand up now put it down you don't have to feel that way remember God's word. Remember who you are in Christ and remember who the Christ is that's in you. Recognizing and embracing the fact that he said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you, I'll go with you all the way to the end. There's no weapon formed against you that can prosper unless you let it. Recognize your mindset, your will has everything to do with the outcome that you're to receive. Did you know that your will You've heard me say this before. Come on up, Nathaniel. Your will can make the word of God of no effect in your life. You can just flat put it out right, say no. And you can stop and stay the hand of God, the word of God, the spirit of God, the power of God in you all. You can stop it. Or you can will to receive that strength when you're weak. You can will to say, God, I need a fresh touch. You can will to say, just like Jesus did in the garden, it's not my will, but thine be done. You can make a conscious, on-purpose decision tonight that you're not going to quit, but that you're going to persevere, and you're going to press on, and you're going to press through by prayer and the Word of God, and a reinfusion of the Spirit of God. If you raised your hand, I want you to get out of your seat right now and come to these altars. I wanna pray over you, but I want you to, as a point of faith, an act of obedience, I want you to come, say, Lord, that's me and I'm making a commitment to you to once again not throw in the towel. I'm not gonna quit. I need you in my life. I want you, God, to fill me afresh and anew with your spirit in spite of the way things look in spite of what people say. I know that you have the final say. You have the final authority. You're the one that speaks and creates something out of nothing. You're the one that has all power in heaven and earth. It's not limited power it's limitless power now i'm going to pray for you in general but i want you to do god's word he said for you to ask for you to ask you ask god you talk to him right now maybe you hadn't been talking to him lately but you need to talk to him tonight right now would you begin to just talk to him father in the name of jesus you see these men and women that have come to these altars tonight as an expression of their need of you. And God, as they call out to you and call upon your name, and Lord, as they say, I need you, Lord. I need for you to reinvigorate my spirit and my heart and my will, God, help me to look beyond what's right in front of me and to see the end result of a a miracle working God in my life. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we ask you to show up and to show out in the lives of these who have come. Lord, I pray tonight that, Lord, that circumstances would be changed. Lord, I pray that a miracle would transpire and take place in their lives. Lord, I pray that there would be a, a deeper intimacy in their lives with you than there ever has been. I pray, Lord, that as your sheep, they would once again be in tune to hearing what you would have to say to them. And Lord, that they would become obedient and doers of your word. Lord, that they would go about like you, the example you set, doing good. And as a result, Lord, they'll reap what they sow. Lord, I pray for financial miracles. I pray, Lord, that those that are struggling financially, Lord, that you would help them to get jobs and help them to learn how to manage their money better. Lord, help them to not feel like they have to keep up with the Joneses, but Lord, to learn how to live within their means. And if they need more money, help them, Lord, to find a better job. Help them to be the best employee that those employers have. Lord, I pray for those who have been struggling in their marriages. And they've been about feeling ready to quit and to throw in the towel and to give it up, Lord. As a result, I pray, Lord, that they each would swallow their pride and would dare to look each other in the eye and with heartfelt conviction say, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? And Lord, that by the power of your Holy Spirit that they would resolve and work things out, Lord, and that their marriage would be what you've destined for it to be. And it would be an example to those that are around them. Their neighbors would see the glow of the Holy Spirit upon their lives. Lord, I pray for those that have physical needs in their lives, Lord, that you would heal their bodies. Deliver them, Father, in the name of Jesus from addictions. Set them free. In the mighty name of Jesus, we ask you, O Lord, to show yourself mighty and strong on the behalf of these that stand here tonight. Lord, for those who feel so alone, Lord, I pray tonight, tonight, Lord, you would wrap your arms of love around them. Let them feel your compassion and your love. Lord, once again, to reassure them that they're not alone. Nothing has caught you by surprise. Lord you're in control and your word says that you do all things well and we lean upon you and we call upon you Lord to show yourself mighty and strong in our lives change us Lord don't let life be humdrum and as usual but Lord change us into your image help us to think like you and act like you and talk like you Lord, help us to learn to be your representation upon planet Earth. We thank you for your love and for your goodness. We thank you that you care. Your steadfastness, your faithfulness, oh God. We thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen and amen. Look up here at me before you walk away. I'm gonna give you a charge straight from the word of God. It says, there shall not an enemy stand before you against whom you fight. I'm challenging you from the word of God to fight the fight of faith. Equip and arm yourself with the word of God. Don't you back up bow down run scared dig in or hide you advance you go towards the enemy equipped with the word of God covered by the blood of Jesus speaking the word with the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon it and watch God's word work in your lives but you've got to fight the fight you've got to you've got to do it yourself but not alone because he's with you, okay? We want to be here to hold your hands up and to help you, but you got to do the deal yourself. We're here. We love you. God bless you. Return to your seats, if you would, real quickly, and I want to make mention that we have not this weekend, but next week.